They say the eyes are the windows to the soul. If that's true, then what can be said about the things we look at? Do your soul a favor and spend some time in front of Chiel de Somme's gathering flowers in a French garden at the Worcester Art Museum. If you can't get there, don't worry, I'll be your guide. However, you may want to pull up the image on your phone or computer, because how I see the painting will be different from how you see it, but we'll get to that later. You're listening to an episode of Alone Together. I'm Mackenzie Cam. Really take the painting in. Smell the flowers' pollen and the fresh-cut grass. Feel the cool breeze that provides some relief from the sun's unfaltering rays. Hear the girl's quiet hum, slightly muffled by the light clip and shuffle of flower collection. The springtime birds chirping from their nests in the bushes. Hassam intended for his audience to be transported into the garden. He provides depth, texture, and life in the garden with you in mind. He wants to include you, the spectator. What Hassam, and all artists really, can't account for is the way that the spectator sees their art. I think it's time I tell you a little about how I see the world. I was born blind. Okay, so it was only one eye, but still. At six months, I was diagnosed with something called strabismus. Strabismus is just a nice way of saying that my left eye was totally crossed and completely shutting down. After 12 years of glasses, patches, many a trip to Boston Children's, and two surgeries at ages 2 and 4, I had 20-20 vision. But there's always a but, isn't there? There was a catch. The doctors were not able to recover my depth perception. My vision is entirely two-dimensional. What you see here in this painting is more 3D than my entire world. Remember that series, Flat Stanley? Well, to me, you're all a bunch of flat people. I guess? I can't actually tell you for certain, since I have no memory of what seeing with depth perception is really like. Over time, my brain has adapted to life in 2D, and my eyes appear to be completely normal. It's like I am part of a secret society of different seers. I've never met anyone with strabismus that have had surgeries that were a success. So right now, the secret society is just me. If you or someone you know also sees like me, then please let them know they aren't alone. My guess is, though, that this is the first time you've ever thought hard about how important depth is to vision and how different life without it really is. Maybe this is one of the few times you have considered what seeing means for you and how that could be entirely different for other people. At this point, I'm sure your hands are itching for your phone and the all-knowing Google, anxious to lay your eyes on an image that allows you a window into my flat, two-dimensional world. Sorry to break it to you, but you will never be able to see the way I do. Not even virtually. But go ahead. Google it. I dare you. They say the eyes are the windows to the soul. While that may be true, my eyes are also a one-way ticket into my own exclusive 2D reality. What draws you in? Is it the dark green of the leaves, or the dark pinks, light pinks, and all shades in between of the perfumed flowers? Is it the dark doorway that invites your eye to travel to and get lost in the large gray house with teal trim? Maybe it is the light hitting the flowers like a spotlight on the star of the show. Or maybe it is even the textured imperfection of the basket busting with large blossoms. 
For you, it could be the depth that makes you an observer in the garden, as if you are peeking in from under a canopy of shiny green leaves. That I can't know for sure, but I imagine that the parallel lines created by the tall hedge and the brown, dusty path invites you to walk right in. But don't take me too seriously. I have no idea what I'm talking about, remember? Now you know that how I see this painting in the golden frame in front of you is very different from how you are currently experiencing it. But here's what I see when I look at gathering flowers in a French garden. It will be different than your image, but nonetheless. I am immediately attracted to Hassam's work, like a little kid to a TV screen showing their favorite cartoon. The vibrant pinks and greens that make up the painting are striking. The green of the leaves, the pinks of the flowers, the white of the girl's dress, and the black of the man's shirt have told me a story from the beginning. The narrative quality of Hassam's painting keeps me interested. Storytelling is part of the family business, after all, with Nathaniel Hawthorne, a distant relative of Hassam's. The painting leaves a lot for me to decide, and I think about the time of year and where in France this garden exists. Maybe it was even the garden of Hassam's friend, Celia Thaxter, in the French countryside. Her love of gardens did inspire Hassam to move away from painting the rainy streets of Boston and encouraged him to embrace the vibrant life of a Parisian garden. Well, Celia must have been proud. Just looking at the painting causes my nose to tingle as if the whole canvas is perfumed. The lilac to my left and the peonies that cover the bushes have such strong scents that I know I must be in the fantasy. Eventually, the greens of the leaves and pinks of the petals dissolve into the background, and I begin to focus on the figures. The face of the girl standing there in her white dress is almost a blur, but there is no questioning her beauty. Her profile only allows for the outline of her face. The eyes are barely detectable, the mouth is difficult to make out. For Hassam, human figures took the back seat in his gardens, and he was known for leaving out the details of a face as he has done here. We can't really see the girl's eyes, but yet, we know she must be looking at something. What? I don't know. Here I am, looking at this girl, noticing every wrinkle of her dress, curl of her hair, and flush of her cheek, and yet I know nothing of what she sees. I can examine the way the sun peeks through the greenery and shines down her back, but her perspective remains a mystery. What does she see? How does she perceive the garden? Is the garden a sanctuary, or is it a prison? My curiosity travels to the man, sitting on the bench beside the dark, opened doorway. He sits with a yellowed book. I can hear the pages of the book fluttering in the breeze, and I imagine him reading the same sentence over and over, his attempt at fighting the distraction of the girl's beauty. But this is all speculation, and I wonder what he is truly looking at. Are his eyes really scanning the pages of his book, or is he peering from over its fluttering papers? It is rumored that Hassam's close friend, Celia, the same woman that began his fascination with gardens, was known for wearing white gowns. Is she the girl and Hassam the reading man? Maybe Hassam took his three-dimensional reality and painted it onto this 2D canvas. How do artists even do that? Translate a 3D world onto a canvas or paper? 
What was Hassam seeing when he painted gathering flowers in the French garden? I returned to the flower garden and the perfume of the peonies reached my nose again, almost as if the painting is a scratch and sniff. However, I strongly discourage you from scratching the oils. My eye travels round the garden and back again in the never-ending cycle of seeing. I see the green of the leaves and the pinks of the blossoms, the girl in a white dress bathed in sunlight, the man from behind a yellowed book. Our eyes are not only the windows to our soul. They are a searchlight, landing on things that make up who we are. And even more, we can see another soul in the things we look at and how we discuss the world around us. With this podcast, I have shared some of my soul with you. But what do you see? Tell me. I would like to get a glimpse of your soul as well.